Hello, everybody. Tracy, Mrs. J-Dog Flanagan here with you today. I'm the co-founder and senior vice president of J-Dog Brands, and I would like to welcome you to Tactical Treasures, a podcast sharing the stories of veterans and military family members that have been impacted by specific items in their lives. I will be interviewing voices in the veteran space to search for inconspicuous objects and moments that they turned into tactical treasures for their military career, business, or life. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Olivia Nunn. Welcome to the Tactical Treasures podcast, Olivia. Hi, thank you so very much for the chance to share with you. Great. So just so our listeners can get an idea of who you are, I'm going to read your bio. Olivia Nunn is an experienced executive director of communications with a demonstrated history of over 10 years working in the government relations industry. CEO of Olivia Nunn Communications, LLC, Olivia is known as an experienced change agent leader that delivers key workforce objectives in relation to diversity, equality, and inclusion. Olivia recently launched the Military Officers Association of America's podcast series. Notably, she retired after 20 years of dedicated service in the United States Army as an Army Public Affairs Officer and Soldier for Life podcast host. Olivia Nunn was commissioned as an ROTC military graduate through Radford University ROTC program in 2001. Olivia holds a Bachelor of Business Administration and Management from Radford University, Radford, Virginia, and a Master's of Science in Environmental Management from Webster University, and a Master of Professional Studies in Public Relations and Corporate Communications from Georgetown University. Wow, that is quite a resume, ma'am. So I I am so pleased to be speaking with you. So tell me a little bit about your military career before we get on to your item or physical or not that you are going to be sharing with us. What made you join the military and continue serving the veteran community after your time in service? So my father served in the army and he served for 12 years. He was a combat engineer and I am the oldest of three girls and I'm daddy's little girl. And he served. And I just knew since the age of four that I wanted to serve in the army because that's what dad did. And he told me that I couldn't enlist and that I would be an officer. I had no idea what that meant. I just knew that that's what my dad told me. And he said he wanted me to go to college. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to college. And I was going to commission. And that's exactly what I did. I went to college and I commissioned and I had no idea exactly what I was going to do. And I had no idea how long I was going to stay in the army and what that journey was going to be like for me. I just knew that getting into the army was a tough journey for me. I barely graduated from college because I went to college and found out what fraternity and sorority parties were all about. And so my journey in college was a little long and rough, but I finally figured it out, graduated from college and uh, had a job and commissioned. And it quickly changed for me because 9-11 happened right after I commissioned. And the landscape for me and what that meant for service to our nation quickly changed. And I found myself commissioned in an army that found itself in the nation at war. And I commissioned into an army that knew quickly what war meant. And I deployed for three tours to Iraq. 
And I still didn't know what that journey meant for me. I didn't know if I was going to serve for just a couple of years or in the end, and I ended up doing 20. And that really came from during my very first assignment in the army. My company commander at that time told me, Olivia, you stay in the army as long as it's fun. And when it's no longer fun, you see yourself out. And for me, there were moments that the army actually wasn't fun, but I just couldn't see myself doing anything else because it is the best tribe to be a part of, to be able to wear the nation's cloth and to be part of a family that just understands what service means. It's the best feeling in the world. So you truly did follow in your father's footsteps and what you say about being part of a tribe and a great tribe to be part of. We hear that all the time from our military veterans that come to JDOG. Um, that's the one thing that they miss so much from their military service is being able to have that identity of being a part of, of something greater than themselves, having mission, having purpose, and, and missing that camaraderie that goes along with their fellow brothers and sisters that served. And so, yeah, that's, it's true. That's truly remarkable. So getting out, what is your mission now? So for me, it's giving back to the veteran community. It's staying connected. My heart lies with the veteran community, specifically being able to be storytelling, a storyteller. And that's what I did in the military in the last 10 years. I started as a chemical officer for the first 10 years. And as a chemical officer, I was able to do so many different things. As a chemical officer, they say that you're a jack of all trades because as a chemical officer, you're a reactive staff member. So when a chemical officer actually gets to do what they were trained to do, that's a bad day because you're reacting to a chemical or a biological or radiological or nuclear incident on the battlefield. So all of those things are bad. So when a chemical officer is doing what they were trained to do, that's a bad thing. So if we're not doing our actually assigned job, you're filling in and doing other things. So I got to learn how to do other things. I got to do different assignments. So I worked in an aviation unit. I worked in an armor unit. So I got to learn other things in the army. So I became a jack of all trades. Fast forward after 10 years, I became a public affairs officer. So a storyteller, because I love being able to uh, network and be able to share stories. And that is where my heart is. So I've taken that. And now that I've shed the uniform as a veteran, I want to be able to share stories. I want to be able to bridge the gap between the military community and the civilian community. I understand that, yes, our citizens of America understand the need for the military. Full stop, they get it, that we have to have our military to protect our American way of life. But what they don't understand is what it takes to be a service member, the nuances, the sacrifices and the struggles, those, those little things that really impact our military family. What does it mean to serve? What does it mean to be a spouse? And the struggles that it takes 
And what does it mean to serve? And those are the stories that I want to bring forth. Here's just a small example. Parking spots, right? Those sound, that sounds so simple, but there's a greater story behind that. And that's what I want to do. I want to story tell and I want to bring that forward and advocate for our, our military community. That is so true what you say. There is such a disconnect between, you know, the military uh, person and and the civilian world that and I and I I, I can speak just from myself. Um being a civilian. Now I, I come from a very patriotic military family. Um, and I am, am humbled by our service men and women who sign on that dotted line to say, I will give everything for my country and including my life. And, and to me as a civilian, that, that means a lot to me. Um, but I, I, I don't really think I ever really understood like what you say, what it meant to serve as a civilian. It's very hard, I think, for the civilian world to be able to look into the military world and be able to actually understand that. And I don't think it's because we don't want to understand it. We do. But we need storytellers like you that can help us to understand. And I mean, I understand it now because j Dog is in the military. I've been in the military space now since 2011 when j Dog was born. So it's been 10 years. So I have been schooled in understanding the military community and, and what it means to serve and what they sacrifice, especially our mill spouses, you know, keeping down the home front while their spouse is deployed, you know. Um, so I've, I've been fortunate enough to have that bird's eye view as to what that really means and, and how special that is. But I think understanding our military veterans is you go into the military, a, one person, you're a civilian, you go in, you come out, you are not that same person. You are forever changed by the military. And, you know, I think it, I know we always say that the military, you know, oh, now you have to transition to be a civilian. But I think it's important that us civilians try to take the time to understand our military veteran, especially in the workforce space, which is a space that I'm in. You know, I think there are a lot of things that can be done to help bridge that gap, but I think it's great that you're being a voice that that's amazing. Thank you. So now transitioning from that soapbox, <laughs> I just <laughs> got on. Um, so I hear your treasure has something to do with your family heritage. I would love to hear about that. So I am first generation Korean American, both my mother and father are Korean. My mother is Korean and my father is Korean and English. So he is, his father was an American soldier. His mother was Korean. He was a product of the Korean war. And for me, I, you know, when I spoke to your producer, it, you know, we, we were trying to figure out, you know, what would be this object that I could bring. And the truth is I thought long and hard 
there wasn't an object because there wasn't anything to bring forward. The, for me, you know, I, I am a family that has been touched by war. My family has lived through Japanese occupation. It has lived through the Korean Civil War. My family, from my mother's side, originated from, like, from the land that was now what is considered Northern Korea, right? right. So my, my mother's dad, my grandfather, who's passed away, when the country started to divide, his father said, you know, here's the last of the money I can give you, take your sister and flee. And so my grandfather told me stories of how he had, he had tried many times and he was successful a few times to go and see his father. And he would, he'd come back and forth across the border and how many times, you know, he had been shot, he had been running from, from the soldiers. And, um, and my, my family is considered title holders. They are noble. So there's royalty in my bloodline. And I fought my grandfather's line was not only were they wealthy and were they not only noble, but they were very um, honored and um, educated. And they stood against what was coming down in the ideology that was coming from the communist China, right? And they stood against what was coming. And because they stood against that ideology, they, they were one of the families that were being shut down. And so the last that we were told is that they were assassinated. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's, uh, I'm speechless. <laughs> so, so my family, so my, my grandfather is the last, you know, when we buried him of his line. Right. So, so there wasn't anything physical to pass on. So what remains is memories and honor and in our culture in the in the asian culture in the korean culture it's all about your name your family so when when you learn about the korean culture it's all about last name so in america you when you meet people it's about you know john smith or jane smith but in korean culture you always learn their last name first it's that's how it is. Your last name is so important because that's how you trace a family's name. So our last name is the Jung family. Of course, when we came over to America, you know, how things are kind of translated, it was translated into Chung, C-H-O-N-G, but it's actually J-U-N-G if it's actually done correctly. And so what ended up, you know, the gift or the treasure for us is everything that is important to us is who we are as an entity, as a family, our successes, our failures is our family. So you are a, an, a representation of your family. So if you have succeeded, it's because your family has taught you well, your family has guided you, you have honored your family. If you have done poorly, then your family hasn't done well by you. And so 
you know, and I think a, a good way of capturing this as, as somebody who is trying to understand this or a Western understanding of this Asian or Eastern philosophy is probably the Disney cartoon Mulan, right? That, that culture, that Asian character, that female, where she goes off to protect her father. And at the end, how the emperor, you know, says, we honor the Fa family. That is that ideology. It wasn't about her as the individual. It was honoring her family for what she had sacrificed and has done. So while it wasn't a gift of an, of an item per se, it is the honoring of the family. And so for me, the gift, what my family has done for me is when I left and finished my career as an army officer is that my aunt said that I've been honored by what I've done. That's an amazing story and um, good for that. That is a treasure when you think about it. I mean, a treasure doesn't always have to be a material item. It can be your heritage, your your honor, and and the ideology that you grew up with is is so important. And I and it's interesting for for me to hear about uh, a different culture, different ideology, and and how all that was passed down even to you now. And that's an incredible story that that you can uphold in your family. Um, passed down to your children, you know, that, that is truly the treasure, I, I think, as, as I can see it. Um, and I, I think that, you know, when you, American culture, a, a lot of those values may, may have been lost in this day and age. So um, it's, it's nice to see that you're holding on to your family's honor and, and family values. That's important. Thank you. Um, so you were saying that that that's so much was lost because of the Korean War, um, things that were important to your family, um, and so I guess because your treasure is the honor of your family, um, what has this taught you I, about significance of words and traditions over the significance of items? I think. For me, it's, you know, growing up, looking at my friends who had things being passed or watching shows where there are these cool things that family members get to pass down and, and you know, we didn't have those things. There are definitely parts that, you know, I wish that we had those. But then at the same time, you know, I understand that while we don't have those things, the intangibles are just as important and, and as I've gotten older and, and as I've become a mom to my two children, um, I've learned that I can start my own traditions of physical things to pass down and the importance of being able to continue the traditions and creating new traditions. And for me, I think I really want to stick to the things that I've learned in passing those down and creating new ones. For me, I want to create new ones because I have to. My kids are multiracial. My my ex-husband is African American and you know, I'm Korean American and I'm biracial myself. So I want to make sure that my children understand their mixed heritage. And you know, I'm 
first generation. So I, I want them to understand that they come from a, a blend of not only my heritage, but they're living in a, a new era. Um, there's so much that has happened in America in the last you know year and a half of everything from Black Lives Matter to Stop Asian Hate to the political landscape. And I want them to embrace these changes. Um, we're having much more broad scope of conversations when it comes to diversity and inclusion and everything else. And I want them to embrace those changes and become comfortable in that. And I, and I think those are all important when it comes to culture and change and, um, and heritage, as well as the intangible and those physical things. And I think that's important as I teach them and, and as we go forward and super excited to be able to do that as well as thinking about what physical thing do I start in being able to, ha- uh, you know, right. teach them like, this is the thing I want you to start carrying forward because I didn't get, I didn't have that per se. Right. Right. Well, truly um, all of that matters kind of more than physical things, I think. So very true there. So I have another interesting question for you. What would you like to say to the next generation who are thinking about serving in the military? I want them to understand that the military is a doorway called opportunity. That the military is more than just what you see on TV. In fact, I'm going to speak specifically about the United States Army because that is the branch that I served in. The United States Army is the largest scholarship producing entity, full stop. If you want to figure out how to pay for college and you have no idea, check out the United States Army. You want to get a skill set you never thought possible? Check out the United States Army. You don't have to do 20 years. You can do just three or four years and walk away with the ability to finance college. You want to be able to learn a skill set you had never thought possible? The Army is a way to do it. You don't have to commit a lifetime. It's a great way to start a 401k, dental, health. It gives you a chance for a life that you never imagined. And yes, there's some dark parts to it. I'm not going to lie, but there's more to what you see than just on TV. And for the young girls that are out there, the sky's the limit. I came into an army where I couldn't do certain things. I couldn't be a tanker. I couldn't be a special operator, but those days are long gone. There's nothing that you cannot do. And so if those dreams that you want to do, you can reach out and grab them. And I encourage any young boy or girl to go and try and do it because you can. And the beauty of it is you don't have to commit for a lifetime like I did of 20. You can do it just for a few years. And the best advice that I got from my first commander, stay as long as it's fun. And when it's not, go do something else. And here's the truth. Some of the best people in business and some of the best leaders we have in, in our country did a few years in the military, singers, leaders, politicians. So I urge you to check out the military because you walk away a changed person and a changed person for the better. Well said. I agree with you a hundred percent, Livia. So I know you have this podcast. So 
tell us a little bit about that and and how we can um, where we can find you. Absolutely. So there's two. I just closed up as being the podcast host to the United States Soldier for Life podcast series. I did nine seasons with them. There's over 110 episodes. And that podcast series was designed to assist the military community and the veteran community with different resources from transitioning, education, health, and wellness. It is directed towards the military community and any service provider that wants to assist the military community. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then I'm launching a whole new series coming this Sunday, and it is with MOA, which stands for the Military Officers Association of America. It is a nonprofit organization designed to advocate for the military community. So very similar to what I was doing when I was in uniform, but now that I'm out and it's all about advocacy for the military, which is the military um, support organization. So a little more grittier. I'm going to talk probably a little more on the political side because it is advocating for the for the veteran space, Um, talking a little bit more on the hill, that type of thing. But Again, it's right where I believe where my heart is. It's advocating for that military space. So super excited that um, I'm still in that space of podcasting back in the space of the military community because that's where I want to be. So super excited. And again, same places you're going to be able to find where all the podcast series are. And again, it's MOA, Military Officers Association of America. Never Stop Serving is the podcast series. Awesome. That's really great. Well, I'm going to have to go look for some of that. I'm excited to hear. Thank you. So it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Olivia. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me on Tactical Treasures podcast. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Okay. Take care. You too. For the viewers watching, please don't forget to check out Operation Hidden Treasures airing Sundays on Discovery Channel at 8 a.m. Eastern to see more stories of veterans turning junk to jewels. The new series follows enterprising U.S. military veterans and their families whose mission is to salvage and repurpose otherwise unused items and turn them into hidden treasures for people in need. Every episode will also include a J-Dog auction of an intriguing item discovered during a clean-out and made available to bid on by the public via the J-Dog website. Profits from every auction are donated to the J-Dog Foundation, which helps fund PTSD resources and supports veteran organizations combating veteran suicide. The, there are items currently listed for auction, so go and take a look on either jdog.com or operationhiddentreasures.com to see if one of the items can become your new treasure. Don't forget to follow Olivia on all of her outlets, look, outlooks, and we look forward to what is in store for her nonprofit and podcast. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you again soon. Bye now.